0: Um, I appreciate the help that we've been getting on our Friday fast, praying for brother Murray, his family and the team that's in Africa right now, praying a a prayer covering over them. Let me tell you this, somebody, even before I asked for this week, somebody has already signed up for this coming Friday. So we got somebody fasting this Friday, but we still got one, two, three, four, five more Saturdays to go. We'll be doing this the total time if they're in Africa. So, uh, if you would like to take one of them, uh, let us know. Hallelujah. Um, Friday, Friday. Did I say Saturday? All right. Um, speaking of Saturday, this Saturday is fellowship meeting. Brother Meeks' church, just right up the road, not very far. Be Saturday at five o'clock. And um, when they have it on Saturday, they do it earlier so we won't be in service so late to hinder people uh, uh, from getting up on Sunday morning. So we don't have but four a year. We don't have them every month. It's only one a quarter now. So um, uh, if you can be in the fellowship meeting with Brother Meek and his church, you will be blessed this coming Saturday at 5 p.m. Uh this announcement is for the uh, marriage retreat. This is, uh, you may want to write down some information uh, I need to uh, give you. I've got, uh, I've got a contract now uh, fixing to sign it and faxing it back. It's going to be held. We won't have to drive as far as we did the last time. It's going to be at Montgomery Bell Park. They've got a nice uh, inn there, uh, and restaurant and convention center. And uh, it's going to be at Montgomery Bell Park. That's where it's going to be. And um, the restaurant closes earlier than uh, the restaurant there at Fall Creek Falls. They they close the restaurant closes at uh, uh, eight o'clock. So. You need as you make your plans, uh make your plans. We want to get down uh to Montgomery Bell and everybody check in their room and uh we will we want to meet for dinner. we were gonna have them set us up a table to eat uh at uh, six o'clock that Friday night. Then uh Saturday morning uh we will be in session from nine To twelve with the seminar for the marriage retreat with Brother Flannery and his wife uh, conducting that, and we're excited about that. So um, we're cutting it off at twelve to give people uh, couples a chance to to do uh, you know whatever you'd like to do there at the park. Someone's done told me they're bringing fishing poles. Uh, uh afterward. Um the uh what you will need to pay, the cost of the room, plus we have to rent uh another room uh to have uh the uh the seminar in and uh and then also give brother flannery a love offering which will total for we got eleven couples that signed up to go and uh, the cost of this retreat will, will cost you $140 for that uh, night, for that weekend, which is not, uh, not bad at all. And um, we're going to have to go ahead and send a deposit down, uh, and uh, we will need uh, the payment all in by August the 15th, uh, August the 15th, $140 per couple per couple. So um, uh, we will be having uh, another uh, uh, meeting uh, on this a little bit later on, but I wanted to give you uh, that information, amen, so you can uh, write that down and be making plans for that. Let's say it one more time. God is good. And all the time, praise the Lord. My Lord, everybody got all over my message this morning. Brother Bobby touched on some things, and then I got in here and Ronnie read scriptures. (laughs) Hallelujah. But if you think it's going to make me give you a discount, you're going to have to pay the same price. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Um, I enjoy this time of the year, um, both Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, uh, because of which you know we we celebrate we celebrate Christmas and we do it well, but there is no biblical nor historical evidence to show that the early church ever celebrated Christmas, but we do have that evidence to show that the early church did celebrate uh Easter the resurrection and um I get excited about it. It excites me. I've been celebrating it for a long time and it has never got old because I understand and know that it's in the death, the burial, and the resurrection that I have any hope whatsoever. To have his blood applied to my heart. Ronnie gave reference. When he died, there was an earthquake. And the veil of the temple was rent. (laughs) And he told you, before that time, couldn't nobody enter the holy place. Just the high priest. And only the high priest once a year. Well when that veil was rent, I can just imagine some of them, some of them priests standing around there in the temple. Some of them may have a, had a heart attack. Oh Lord, that's all right. God has always been good about shaking up things. How many know that sometimes, every now and then, you need to get shook up out of your comfort zone? Hallelujah, I love the Lord today. thank him and praise him we're going to be going we're going to be going to two scriptures today for our opening text first of all we're going in back in the Old Testament in the book of Zechariah the ninth chapter and the ninth verse Zechariah lived about five hundred 20 years before Jesus was even born. But this is what Zechariah prophesied that was going to come. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout. You see, that's why I get excited sometimes thinking about this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And from there, we're going to the New Testament, to John's Gospel, the 12th chapter, and I'm going to read verses 12 and 13. The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the king of of Israel. Those people who did that didn't have a clue. They f- were fulfilling the prophecy a prophet had made 500 years prior. Lords, we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege to be in your house. We thank you for what we've experienced in worship. And now, Lord, I'm asking that you will help us to feast at your table, at your word today. Touch every heart. Change lives today by the power of your word and through the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, let the church say, you can be seated. Hallelujah. We will be back in service tonight at 6 o'clock. Please join us for Sunday evening service. Next Sunday there will not be but one service since it will be Easter Sunday. Uh, there will um, be an egg hunt for uh, some of the children, those that are 12 and under after service. Uh, and then uh, we will not be having service next Sunday night, but we will be in service tonight. Wednesday night, uh Lord willing, we will be here at 7.30 with our midweek Bible study. Remember that. I want to talk to you today on a subject that we've titled Tragedy in the Midst of Triumph. Tragedy in the Midst of Triumph. I wonder how many of us that are here today have ever been going through something that was good you was having <coughs> it was enjoyable it was excitable you was enjoying yourself, your family, and then something would happen in the midst of all of that that would automatically just turn it around that's not good, is it when you are Uh, having a great time, doing things good, and then all of a sudden something comes up. Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning, and as you hope you will pray for me, as I talk about tragedy in the midst of triumph. Now, it's already been said today has traditionally become known as Palm Sunday. It is named so to commemorate the triumphal entry of Jesus to Jerusalem. Christ had been to Jerusalem several times before. I mean, uh, this wasn't the first time he had entered Jerusalem. He had been there before. But this time he did so to both fulfill the 500-year-old prophecy of Zechariah and also to mark the beginning of his last week on this earth. You will find, if you read the account of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when he entered Jerusalem, each day there was things that he did. Then he would leave the city and go out and spend the night outside the city and then the next day, go back in. And in your bulletin today, it's got each day, it don't have everything that happened each day because of space, but it's got in there each day some of the things that Jesus did during that last week, his week of what we call passion on this earth. This day was a joyous day. Filled with gladness and expectation. In fact, the people got so loud and rowdy that there were some to begin to complain about it. Telling them to calm things down. <clears throat> Ronnie read part of that scripture a while ago. Luke chapter 19 verses 39 and 40. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd. Wouldn't you know it? It's always religious people causing trouble in the church. I've never had no problem out
1: of a sinner in church. It's always the righteous folk. <clears throat> when God begins
0: to move, wants to give a word, somebody always wants to stop things in his tracks. And you cannot get no more, no more uh, uh, churchy than Pharisees. And no, Phariseeism didn't stop 2,000 years ago, we've got some Pharisees still alive and well today. The Pharisees began to call to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. There was something special about this day. If you know anything about the life of Jesus, the whole three and a half years prior to this, he was trying to tell, he he told people, now, if he healed somebody, he said, now, don't tell nobody about this. He didn't blow a trumpet before him. But it was different this time.
1: When people begin to shout and to cry out, he was right
0: in the center of things. I'm here to tell you today, church, there's a time that you need to
1: rejoice in God. There's a time you need to let your hair down, amen, and give God everything that you got within Him to give you. I'm going to tell you, ma'am, or I'm going to tell you, sir, if the only time you lift a hand is when one of worship leaders up here telling you, you got a problem with your salvation. Amen. When you come to the house of God, you shouldn't be coached. Amen. I want to break the news to you. God didn't call me to be
0: a cheerleader. I'd have a hard time trying to turn some flips up here. (laughs) But so many of us today have got to be coached and primed and pushed and pulled. But when I think, (laughs) I said when I think about the goodness of Jesus, when I think about all that he's done for me.
1: You let somebody to try to stop me because my soul not sure put, but down he in here. He begins to cry out within me. part of some dead, dried up church that filled with formalism and programs. I want done in the fire and I need a move of the Holy Ghost.
0: Yeah. And I come to worship him as sis said a while ago. I don't want a rock to cry out in my place. So yes, that was a happy and a joyous day. It was a day of rejoicing and triumph. But in the midst somebody look at your neighbor and say in the midst. In the midst of the triumph there was tragedy. And the tragedy is what would lead us. Now watch this. Here they was Hundreds of people gathered all around the gates of the city of Jerusalem. The triumph had them there, but it was the tragedy that was going to lead them and take them from the gates of the city to the hillside of a place called Calvary in just seven days from the gates of the city to Calvary in seven days because of the tragedy in the midst of the triumph. There's a couple things I'm going to share with you today. First of all, I want to talk about tragedy in tragedy of missing their day. Tragedy in missing their day. Now they were gathered around and they were calling out and they were happy and joyous and laying palm branches down. But after the initial entrance, as Jesus, after he entered the gates, if you read on down a little further in the 19th chapter of Luke, verses 41 through 44, Jesus was receiving at first their worship and their adoration as he was riding that donkey. But after he got on in, notice what it reads like. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Jesus began to cry when he looked at the city and he saw everything. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, notice that, he told him your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Hallelujah. For the days will come upon you uh, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. My, my, my. Church, It is most important that you realize your time and your day when it comes to the things of God. Now, I'm fixing to make a statement here that maybe everybody will not agree with. But I can't help it because I have to declare what the Scripture says. A lot of times, we in our compassion for people will make the comment, well, as long as there is breath, there is hope. And technically, technically, that may be true, but it is not true biblically. As Brother Bobby made mention in Sunday school, every time something changes drastically in the weather, you got people bringing up some old wise tales. That's a, well. You know, what's on, that's what the Bible says. That right before the end time, you can't tell winter from summer. As you can see, my Bible by here is just about wore out. I've been through this thing I don't know how many times, and I'm going to tell you that verse is not in the Bible. Never has been. Never will be. It's something that was passed
1: down. And
0: sometimes you might give somebody some false hope when you tell them, well, as long as there's breath, there's
1: a chance. But let me tell you something. You cannot come to God any time you want. Do you accept the words of Jesus or not? Jesus says, no man can come to me unless the Spirit draws. You cannot come to God any time you want. Mister hallelujah.
0: Everybody has got a time. There's a day set. What are you saying, Brother Sammy? I'm telling you, there's some people in your family that you got to reach before they cross a line, before it gets past their day. Because if it gets past
1: their day, you might never, not never see them saved.
0: Jesus quickly turned his face from a point of joy to sorrow when he began to weep. Let me, let me tell you something. At that point, at that point, the fate of Jerusalem was already sealed then and there. There was never a chance from that point for Jerusalem to ever accept the truth and be saved. It was over with. They missed the time of their visitation. They missed their day. Please get a hold of this. Understand this. Let's not, let's not let our our beliefs be controlled by our compassion. Let our beliefs be motivated by what the Word of God says. Jesus says they're going to surround. The enemy is going to surround you on every side. And when everything is said and done, there won't be one stone laying on top of the other that which will not be. And that was fulfilled in seventy A.D. That's why there was tragedy in the midst midst of triumph. They didn't recognize their time. They didn't recognize their day. And because of that, they were blinded and they never, they never accepted Jesus as the Messiah or the Savior. Of the world. Look at John chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Oh, Lord. Folks, when you get a hold of this like what the Spirit of God is leading in my heart right now, it will make you want to get out and win every person to God that you possibly can as soon as you can. He was in the world. The world was made by him. Who was we talking about you? Jesus. And the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, and I'm going to move on. For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time, Behold, now is the day of salvation. Folks, we better not miss our day. We better not miss our time. It's good for the for Gentiles that the Jews back then did because that's what brought us a chance for salvation. Hallelujah. That's what brought, brought us a chance of salvation. So there was tragedy in the midst of triumph, tragedy of missing their day. Second thing I want to talk to you about briefly is tragedy of selfish motives. Hallelujah. Tragedy of selfish motives. John chapter 12, verse 13. They took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now they were rejoicing, they were happy, they were laying palm branches down. But what caused all of that? I don't. I don't. I believe, without a doubt, rather, that many of them got caught up in the emotion of the moment. And when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, they began to cry out, "Hosanna." Do you know what Hosanna means? In the original it means oh save us. And one writer added to it in another chapter said save us we pray. What was bad about that? What was wrong about that? What what could be wrong about asking and praying, to the Lord save us? I'm going to tell you, they weren't praying to save them from their sins. Hmm. Wow, Brother Sammy, I mean, you're talking about this in a way I've never considered it before. They weren't crying out to Jesus to save them from, from their sins. But save them from their oppressors. When Jesus came riding into Jerusalem upon that donkey, they began to say, Hosanna, save us, save us. What they wanted saving from was Pilate and Rome, not their sins. Come on, somebody. Stay with me. They weren't concerned. They was not concerned with spiritual matters, only natural matters. My, my, my! Ain't that the way we are today? It amazes me when mama or grandmama or somebody gets sick with a terminal illness. Some of us who ain't been coming to the house of God and sometimes we'll go in and we're, we're crying and we're snotting and we're doing Oh, oh, God, amen. Save them, save them, heal them. My Lord, why don't we do the same thing about grandma and mama and somebody else when it comes to their soul and their salvation? Hello, Somebody. Pastors preaching, it's tight, but it's right. They was not concerned about spiritual matters, and that's the way. That's the same thing that we fall into today. We become more concerned about natural things than we are spiritual things. Hallelujah, Amen.
1: Pray, amen, that we do good over here or my kids do good on the ball team or amen or on this or on that. When are we going to start for thinking about the spiritual things which is far more important in the sight of God?
0: Now, that brings us to this. They was expecting Jesus to keep riding that donkey right on up to the throne room, keep Pilate off the throne, sit on that throne and create a great army that would deliver them from the hands of Rome. Jerusalem was an occupied city in that time. When you went out and made money, you gave at least half of it or better to the tax collectors of Rome. There was no freedom of speech there was no bill of rights. They, their life was hard. And they had conceived in their mind that the Messiah was going to come, take his place on the throne, keep Pilate out, and deliver them. And cross was going to rule the world and they were going to be a subject. But it was all naturally they was thinking about. That is why that in a week's time when they didn't get their way come on the tragedy of selfish motives selfish people are the first ones to get upset when things don't go their way. Hello, somebody. Selfish ones are the first ones to get in trouble just because their song wasn't sung in church that day. Or their favorite message preached. Come on. Selfish ones are the first ones To get upset because they were selfish in their motives. Remember what we read in Zechariah when it prophesied it in Zechariah said he is just and having salvation. Jesus was bringing salvation, but that's not what they wanted. They wanted deliverance from the Romans. And Brother Jeff, because they didn't get their way, the same people that was saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the same people in less than seven days was crying, crucify him. The same people. They missed the time and the day of their visitation. They were selfish in the things that they wanted from God, not realizing what they really needed. So, when Jesus didn't take his place on the throne, but he wound up at the whipping post, the same folks the very following week were crying, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. My Lord. Tragedy in the midst of triumph. God, help us to not turn the blessings that you want us to have into tragedy. Let us not be moved by emotion or selfish ambitions, but let us be moved by the things that move you, O God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. going to open the altars for prayer today, and I hope that our minds will go back to that day over 2,000 years ago, the day that everything changed, that Jesus began to fulfill The things that he was really sent here to do. Do you?